funny thing about the second coming. We look for signs and point to things that are happening around us as signs. But in looking for signs, we take our eyes off the God who protects us while all these signs are happening. I mean, look at it. There are preachers who make their money off scaring people into believing. But the second coming isn't about fear. We shouldn't be scared they're coming to get us. We need to live in the joy of the reunion. Remember the stories of the reformers of Stephen. They were singing, they were at peace because the joy in their faith was stronger than the fear of the signs. <clears throat> we believe this, that our Lord and Savior will return to gather all of us back where we belong. There isn't fear in that simple teaching. There is only joy for this journey home. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Sabbath School U. Welcome to this last study on the teachings of Jesus. We're going to talk about the second coming in just a little while, but I'd like for the hosts that have been with us for all these lessons, studies, to introduce themselves again. Tell us something that you haven't told us before. Well, uh, again, my name is Jared Lutz, and I am recently married, uh, and that's quite exciting, I have to say. My name is Bethany Anderson. She again, forgot her I name. Did. <laughs> go on, go on. We're just picking on you. Go ahead, Bethany. Um, and I'm working. So. <laughs> You're happy for that? Yeah, yeah that's always a good thing. Yes. My name is Josh uh, Rosales, and I'm married with uh, two children. Cool. Bethany, if you could read scripture and pray for us, please. Absolutely. So our scripture is John 14, 1 to 3. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And we can pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for today. Thank you that we're able to come together and just dive right into your word and learn something new. Please be with us as we go through our discussion and help us to be able to inspire somebody who's watching. In your name I do pray, amen. amen. It's the second coming. Growing up as Christians, that's what we, that's what we look forward to. Adventists get that name from the second coming, the second advent. Um, when you look at scripture, what will the second coming of Jesus be like? It'll be very public. Mm -hmm. Okay. Something. Very obvious. Yes. I mean, the Bible describes it as lightning from east to west. Right. What about leading up to the second coming? Growing up I, as Christians. Well, I, I think that what you're probably going to say is growing up as Christians, we kind of look at that as a scary thing. The end times, you know, all, all the things that are going to occur before God comes back, before Jesus returns, mm -hmm. uh, running through the fields. I think that there's a lot of imagery that just is quite terrifying, uh, and I, I, I don't know if that's exactly what we should expect or not. What do you guys think? I, I'm, I'm not sure. It's um, in college, and I studied in a Christian college, uh, but uh, um, in college I had my communication professor said that a lot of things that you've seen in Hollywood and in, in, in the, the theatrical world comes from inspiration in some ways, not positive inspiration, but they get their ideas from how Christians have told scripture. Depicted. Like They've the, depicted the scripture. Times, right? So the whole idea of fear and something's going to come and get you, you see in many movies, <laughs> comes from this culture that Christians in some ways created. Hmm. Wow. 
And in some ways, a lot of it comes from the investigative judgment that will essentially happen uh, in the second return. Jesus. But, I mean, is, is, that, is that true to Scripture? Is it the fear? I mean, if you look at, look at the number of movies that came in the past several years, it's always at the end of the world, the apocalyptic. Post-apocalypse. Yeah, post-apocalypse. Things are going to, there's going to be this, this definitive, very scary end, and there's this thing for survival. We've got to do stuff. Right. I mean, is it fair to say that we have misrepresented scripture, and therefore the secular world has picked up on it and created these various stories? I'm, I'm not sure if it's necessarily like a misrepresentation of scripture, where as much as it might be a promotion of some of the darker parts of scripture. I, I think that Wait, there are darker parts of scripture? <laughs> shock of all shocks, I know. <laughs> but I think that what we do uh, is, we tend to, and like what uh, you said in your introduction, we tend to promote these things that make people fear their way into the church. If you mm. don't believe this, this is what's going to happen to you. And I think that often, whereas we might do that with the best intention, we might have the best intentions because it, it all will happen and all these things are going to occur and you should be prepared, but we, we promote this so much that we start to negate some of the other things that would better prepare us. Right. Uh, and I, I think that we, we tend to, I don't know, overemphasize, whereas we should emphasize other things as well. Going back to the first study that we're talking about, about God, God the Father, the whole relational part of it, if you create the scary aspect of this, this God and judgment, it's hard to create that relationship. Oh, totally. Right. I mean, it's yeah. hard to believe in the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, because, yeah. you know, it's like, I know they may be listening. It's like the NSA, you know, you're not sure where the information's going to be, how it's going to be used. Yeah. So if you create that very human aspect of they're coming, they're, they're, when I was a kid, they would say, you know, everything that you do, they're writing it down in heaven yeah. and, you know, they're marking it down. It scared the, it scared, it didn't scare the bad out of me because I still did bad, <laughs> but it scared the love out of me because yeah. it was hard to, Understand that, that. The two together. It's, it's hard to justify, and it really is like a, a, a loving God. This, this person that we see as being love and this, this terrifying imagery that we often push. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that it's, I, again, it's not a problem that we do this, but I, I, I do think that we, I don't know, we run the risk, run the risk man, I can't even talk, of, of pushing people <laughs> away, whereas we are really trying to bring them to us. Uh, and to me, the inter interesting thing is that uh, many times we think about it like this, but it's almost like we, we, we think like we're going to live until this eventually happens. Right. But mm -hmm. what we don't realize is that um, the end, you know, could be any time, any mm -hmm. day. Right. I mean, we don't know what tomorrow will bring on. So um, it's interesting that, you know, when I was uh, younger, a kid, I, I would also think about all those things, you know, your angel writing everything that you're doing down. Uh, but it never crossed my mind that, you know, hey, you know, it, it's, you're, you're not, you might not live uh, until, until all of this happens. You know, the end for you might be before that. So just br brings a different perspective into that. You know, Matthew 24, it talks about all these different things that when they come and say, hey, what's going to happen? And Jesus starts going through it. One of the things that stood out to me when I was studying this was the idea of false prophets. Hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. there will be so many people that say, hey, look, he's coming here. He's coming here. And this is the way it's going to be. How do you see that happening in, 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 in the Christian world today and, and, and the world in general? Are false prophets, how, how can you help figure this out? Because you have so many people that say, I'll heal you in the name of Jesus and tap your forehead yeah. and make, it, yeah. make this whole show come alive and right. the, the dramatic. And so not everybody that comes in the name of Jesus is actually coming in, right. the, name coming in the name Thank of you. Jesus. Yeah. You know, so if you, you see somebody, how, do you, how can you tell the difference? 
And and before I answer the question, I, I wanted to point out that the interesting thing is that Jesus cares so much much about false prophets that he actually uh, told us what to look for. Right. Right. Um, right. And um, yeah. So. So how would you what would you look for? Uh, well, uh, for one, um, if, if someone comes to me and says, uh, you know, I'm Jesus, you know, I've returned from heaven, then I would know that based on biblical um, facts that it, this not is not the Jesus. case. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. See, I, I, I can get that. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, there, there are people that come and say, I'm, I'm the son of God. Right. I can yeah. walk on water. The guy right. takes one step and look, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, you know, exactly. Well, there goes that theory. But, you know, when it comes to the people who say, we're preachers of God. We're pastors of God. We are, we are uh, yeah. evangelists for God. Mm -hmm. And then they start speaking about prophecies in the end times. How do, how do you know the difference? You have to be willing to read for yourself. Um, you can't just listen to what they say and not go back to Scripture and see if what they say is really what Jesus said or any of the prophets in the Bible even wrote about. Um, you yeah. have to be able... You have to be sure in your relationship with God to be able to go back and know for yourself. If you hear, uh, also at the end of the message, if you, hear, if you want to hear the rest of this message, five easy payments in 1999. <laughs> wait right now, we'll have yeah. seven lines to come yeah. off. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, you know, my, my thing, and I, as I grow older, I, I see this, is, and I guess it's, it's just the, the fact that I am getting older, is, is the fear that's just entwined in these tellings mm -hmm. of the second coming. Hmm. You know, when, mm -hmm. I, when I look at Jesus, when I look at his life in the gospel, whenever he talks about the end times to people outside of the, his immediate group, it's never about fear. Yeah. It's right. about finding. It's about reunion. It's right. about, you know, getting to where home is. I would even add that it's probably about understanding. Uh, yes. I, I know this has been oh, yeah. said in so many contexts and different mm -hmm. movies and, and whatever, but I, I think that it's very true. We often fear what we don't understand. Uh, and I think that if we have a misconception of what the second coming is going to be or how it's going to occur, and if we promote and push that misconception or if that's promoted and pushed by certain televangelists or, or what, what have you, that's that misunderstanding that causes a lot of confusion. And I think that with Jesus, his teaching was all about understanding. I love that. I love that because it comes down to knowing what Jesus says. Because you get you got people now releasing Bibles that say, well, this is the Sabbath school you Bible. No, we don't have one. <laughs> but this is the Sabbath school you Bible, and yeah. it's better than the other ones because it has, you know, Pastor So-and-So's right. commentary right. here. And right. I mean, why would I need Pastor So-and-So's commentary when and I've I got a scripture that myself. I can get into yeah. a study group? Mm -hmm. right. And in that exchange, we can find it. Because if I look at it from Pastor So-and-So's commentary, it's gonna that skew can, your view. that's going to lead you. I love it. Matthew 24, it says, many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Hmm. And I think for me, when I look at that, I look at our emphasis being more on the individual pastor hmm. than scripture. It's kind of like how when, when people pick and choose churches, like I want to go to hear this guy preach, but next week I'm going to go hear this guy preach. And not that I, I'm condemning that or saying that's wrong, but you do start to get, well, if this guy says this and that guy says a different thing, who's right? Which right. pastor do I like more? Right. Which Jesus do I like more? Which one fits my exactly. lifestyle? So yeah. I will exactly. go to the lifestyle right. rather than sit down with a group and say, okay, here's where we're coming from and right. build that, rela Again, that relationship. Growth, right. learning, relationships, yeah. yeah. And to me, it's also understanding what, what, uh, what we're looking forward to. Um, I mean, Jesus said that he was going to go back and prepare uh, a place for us. Mm -hmm. um, and so knowing that there is, is something beyond the second coming, you know, that I'm looking forward to spending the rest of eternity with, with God, uh, mm. with, with my loved ones. That is, that is to me, very uh, attractive. Yeah. So we come from the fear to back to John 14. Yes. 
I, I, and this, I think, again, this is this is what gives me value to my idea of it's not about right. fear. Is the first sentence comes out with, "Let not your heart be troubled." Right. Yeah. If you believe yeah. in me, you believe. You know, you you believe. If you believe in God, you believe in me. Mm -hmm. Which means the the basis of of your belief in God is to get rid of that fear. Right. Right. Yeah. Because when you look at when you look at Genesis and in the beginning when, when Satan comes in, he the first thing he puts into Eve is this idea of, hey, look, you might be different. There's mm. serious, you know, God mm -hmm. didn't tell you. There's just this uh, lack of knowledge it's that a creates misunderstanding. Exactly, yeah. comes out the misunderstanding that yeah. creates it. Right. And yeah. every part in Scripture, whenever God appears to people of faith, of people, he's, his first thing is, Don't do not be afraid. Be afraid. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, people that have done wrong just, well, <laughs> no, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so when you look at, what promises do you find in John 14, 1 to 3? Well, when he says that uh, in my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I, while the mansion part is awesome, I, I think that for me, when Jesus says, if it were not so, I would have told you. Right. To me, that is the most promising thing within the first couple of verses because what it's, what it's demonstrating and what it's saying right here is that no matter what, everything that I have said, everything that I have left you, and everything that's going to matter, I have said. I've told you what's important. Mm -hmm. I've showed you what to do. I've promised you these things. And if it were not so, I would have let you know what was not so. Mm -hmm. So it eliminates, again, back to that whole thing about misunderstanding or understanding, it eliminates the, well, the option for a misunderstanding. I would tell you if this right. wasn't going to happen. And, and the way, the factual uh, manner in which he expresses uh, this, you know, it's not, well, in case I come back or, you know, um, maybe. Uh, he's saying when. It's a definitive. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, it's definitive. Exactly. So the idea of, go ahead. I was saying because he is so sure in his words, like yeah. you can trust that mm -hmm. when he says he's going to come back for us to yeah. bring us to where he is, mm -hmm. that he really means it. And uh, it, from my perspective, as, as a teacher, uh, if, if I'm not constant or consistent from one day to the next, my students notice. And they think, this is not the same guy we're dealing with. This yeah. is someone that's either angry or mad or sad or, or what needs have to be you, on medication. Or needs right. to be on some meds. <laughs> <Or skip>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but when we, look at, when we look at Jesus, throughout Scripture, he is so consistent. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I think that that is essential to understanding how to teach and how to portray the message, to be consistent, mm -hmm. to be someone that you can, or that others can rely on. Uh, we could rely on Jesus's words. And, and I think that as ministers of the gospel and as missionaries and as people that are supposed to spread this word, we have to be consistent. We have to be constant. We have to be as smooth and as, as, as smooth as glass like Jesus was. I like this idea of the, the consistency of Christ because if you look back and going back to what you said earlier, Jared, mm -hmm. about the, you know, there isn't a pitch and five easy payments. He doesn't right. have that. He doesn't right. have this, you know, no. he's, mm -hmm. it's about you and let's help, let's help you get back to home. Right. right. Yeah. Right. right. You know, everything is about, everything's about yeah. home. Which brings me to the question about, and it's about mansions. You know, we when we tell our kids the story of heaven, we talk about mansions, we talk about gold, we talk about <laughs> even depictions and pictures. We have this, yeah. and then yeah. we tell our kids, don't be materialistic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't be materialistic I, on earth here, because when we go to heaven, you're going to get that, you know, the gold oh, yeah. and the my, silver. My mother used to ask, my mom used to say, you know, what do you want there to be in heaven? And I used to say, 
Batman. <laughs> and and I, I would say, I want Batman to be in my house. I want there to be penguins like, flying down slides into huge pools. And I used to picture all of these rooms. And then you read, like, uh, it, it, it's almost easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to go yep. to heaven. And it's like, well, maybe I don't want the penguins, but Bat Batman should still be there. <laughs> you know? and it's... It comes down to the idea that we, we pass on to generations. Right. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure yeah. if mansions was so much the materialistic point of view, right. but that the, the, the expanse of living is so huge. Yeah. Right. You know, you cannot have, uh, each one of you are going to get a two-bedroom house with one, one, you know, well, you know, what, don't know if you're going to use the bathroom, but hey, you know, two <laughs> bedrooms at least. It's not the idea, but mansions being so big that all of us will be there. It's right. the idea Everybody of home. Mm -hmm. And to... to Belonging. I think, yeah. You, somewhere yeah. you belong. Mm -hmm. and I think that's what home is, what heaven should be. Especially to the people he was talking about. You had the Romans there occupying them. Mm. The Romans had this huge thing, and then they were mm -hmm. in their own land. Most people didn't have this large house. True. Right. So he says, look, you, heaven is bigger than what you have right now. And if you want me to explain it to you in your terms, yeah. let's look at mansions. Right. That's right. You know, if you want me to describe the beauty of heaven, let's use gold. Yeah. Let's use all these, the glass. But, you know, heaven could be just like Eden with, with nature so wide. Yeah. The idea is being home. Now, how, when we're talking, we're talking about after the second coming. How do you know that the second coming is going to happen? Generations have said, even so, it may be tomorrow, it may be next week, it's going to happen really soon, and all those people died. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, for the people that have died, I mean, for them, uh, the second coming will be... Uh, the next moment. The right. next moment. Yeah. You know, so it's... it's uh, yeah. <laughs> but how do you tell a generation that's heard this over again? Because you can emphasize it to a point where when you're a teenager, when you're a young person, when you've joined the faith and 10 years later, you just don't see that, that, that fervor. Right. How yeah. do you explain this? I, I think that, and this is a, a totally, totally difficult concept, and I completely wholeheartedly admit this before I even say this, but I think that we have to understand that time is, is relative that's right. to God. Okay. And mm -hmm. I, I think that for us, because we're so locked by time, it's a man-made thing. Right. You know, right. we, we create the calendar. We create whatever time it is. We are the ones that set these things. And with God, when he says that I will return soon, it is soon. Uh, and, and whether we can yeah. see that or not, and it's hard. I'll be the first to admit, it's hard to teach this. It's, it's hard to say it's going to be soon because we set a certain idea of what soon means. A few moments, a few seconds, a mm -hmm. few days, whatever it is. And, and I, I, I agree, it's difficult. But we have to understand that, for God, that's not how time works. I think one of the challenges is, is your idea, what we tell people. Mm -hmm. right. When I was growing up, it's going to sound like a long time ago. When I was growing up, it, we were told about, okay, see the signs that happened? On, at the, we had the Lisbon earthquake, mm. and we had the stars that fell on there. Mm. So those signs tell yeah. you it's going to happen soon. But since the Lisbon earthquake and those signs that happened, we've had far worse disasters. Yeah, right. To a point right now when we see all over the world we've got stuff happening mm -hmm. that we're still looking for this big thing to happen right. when they don't have right. to be as large scale as we tell them to be. You know, we see we see breakaway situations within the church. We see, I mean, you go on message boards today or, or, or comment boards within oh, the yeah. Christian world, and you see some of the comments among Christians. Forget looking at the earthquake. You just see the the, the ideology yeah. that's yeah. just yeah. so viciously down and yeah. That tells me more about the second coming hmm. than you know stuff that's happening somewhere else. So, what? How do you look at and know that it's going to happen? I think for me, at least, being able 
because Jesus and because God has like told us that this is going to happen, I live today knowing that what Josh said earlier was that, um, you know, you never know when your end is coming. And so living my life as if this could be my last day yeah. is probably the best thing that I can do. I smile because I, when just before, about the time we found out after eight years of marriage we were going to have a child, uh, I found out I had a tumor in my, in my bone. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, look, we have no idea what's going to happen. We can cut your leg off. We could, you could lose your life or whatever else. And I'm like, I got in the car and said, Lord, I need a sign. I need to know, you know, what I'm supposed to do. I've got this baby. I don't want to leave the baby. You know, I don't know what to do. My Everything's going all over the place. I just need a sign. I said, I need something. So I put the radio on and Tim McGraw's Live Like You're a Dying Kid. I'm like, Lord, this is not funny. You know? But the first thing I did was I laughed because I thought, here's a guy of humor going, hey, look, just live life like you. This is the, this is the day. Make the choices that you would for this is the day. Yeah. And that's what I, I mean, I drove all the way down to D.C. to the hospital with that song in my head going, <laughs> you know, that's what I have to remember is yeah. this is how I live is if, if I don't have another day, what are the choices I'm making for heaven? Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's one of the uh, problems that we see uh, that's more relevant nowadays where people are just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to put it off. I'm just right. going to uh, wait and have fun now, and, mm. and, and then I'll, I'll come back to it, and then I'll get my life, life together. Yeah. But the problem is... You're not promised that. Yeah, yeah. you're not promised that. You have no guarantee of tomorrow. Yeah. So. so what about this, this, this idea, and I've heard it again <clears throat> throughout in, in so many places, and when they preach, they, people say this, that we as humans can either hasten or delay Jesus' coming. Hmm. <sighs> and <tough> silence. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough one because I just don't want to out and out and say I don't agree. You know? Why not? Well, if you I, don't, you don't. Because I, mean, I don't agree. <laughs> no, good I'm, for you. I mean, a I lot of times we, we pull this, this party line because we think that's yeah, what we have to right. say on Christian yeah. television. But I, I, if you don't agree, you don't agree. No, and I, I don't know, and I, and it's not, it's not even that I don't fully agree. I just, again, like what I was saying with the whole idea of of time being a, a relevant thing. Mm -hmm. I think that God's gonna come when He comes, and I, I think that we just have to, as Christians promote that message of, of, again, the gospel. And if we do that, and if we live like it could be tomorrow, because it very well could be tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yes, I think that we can hasten the coming of Christ in the hearts of the people that we reach. And, and by pushing the, the church's message and by promoting what we believe and by promoting all the things that Jesus wants us to, I think that we can hasten more believers being ready for it. Yeah. But I don't know if we can hasten or, or I don't know, halt the second coming of Christ. I'm not sure. I mean, Jesus was very specific. I mean, he said only the Father and I know the, the time right. and, and, and place where, where the time and dates uh, when, when this will happen. So uh, he was very clear. Yeah. He was very clear. I'd have to agree, you know. Um, this whole concept of time, like you can't rush a God who has allowed this amount of time to go between the time that his son left and today to say that if we rush our work and try to reach as many people as we can, like if we reached every single person today, that doesn't mean just is going to come tomorrow. Well, if you go with that concept of reaching everybody in the world today, it's like, you know, somebody in heaven's got a bell ready to ring going, all right, we reached everyone. <laughs> there's another one born. All right, yeah. now there's another one, five born. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that whole idea when, you, when you take that concept of, okay, it's up to us, and if you don't do your work, then Jesus is not going to come. I, I'm, I don't believe that God puts that guilt on no. people. Man. You know, he has his time. It comes down to 
how are you involved and what are you doing to, yeah. to witness that love, that relationship with God? Perhaps actively. It's, yeah, perhaps it's almost, uh, it's more about giving others the opportunity to have the chance that we have. Right. You know, right. I mean, others that don't know about Jesus, then, then our focus, you know, by, by us focusing on, on, on showing them uh, what he, he has for them, um, then they themselves have the opportunity to, to see right. uh, Jesus when, when he returns. And I, I think that if we live that mind, like if we live like that mindset would be 100% true that we can hasten or, or, or quicken or what have you, the, the yeah. second coming. I do think that with that <laughs> mindset promoting our ministry, we would want to reach more people. Yeah. We would want to do more ministry. We would want to, you know, go out and, and, and try to quickly, yeah. as quickly as possible, yeah. reach those that really need to hear. So I don't think it's a bad motivator, right. but I, I but just... If, if you take the... If you take the um, I was going to say I'm sorry to interrupt no, you, no, but no. I already interrupted you, so apparently I'm not sorry. Uh, it's all good. I'm a teacher. I get interrupted all the time. But if you take that concept of, you know, that's what's going to promote people to go take the world out, it comes down to when you when you meet the person you, you want to marry mm -hmm. and spend the rest of your life with, mm -hmm. you don't go and talk about all the things you're going to do. You talk about the relationship, and you want everybody mm -hmm. to know about the relationship. Right. right. Yeah. So if it isn't yeah. the relationship that's that's pushing you forward, but this idea of, hey, if I can convert you, I get to go home earlier, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like the clerk at the, at the, at the, at the you know, check out stuff. Like, if you can get your stuff through, I'm going I'm home. Yeah, you know? exactly. so let's get you going so I can <laughs> exactly. get to where I'm supposed to go. You know, I'm not sure if that's my no, idea. No, 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 I, mean, no, I know no, that's yeah. not my idea yeah. of heaven. I think yeah. it's the, that relationship that wants to get, you know, and so when you talk about the relationship, how does that tie into, how does fellowship, Christian fellowship, help you understand the second coming? How does it contribute to it? Because we came down to earlier when you're talking about mm. people choosing, okay, this week I'm going to go here cause, yeah. or follow a pastor to every church that yeah, they go. Exactly. How does Christian fellowship, and Christian fellowship isn't, isn't in transition. Right. Well, fellowship is defined by uh, sharing, um, uh, sharing time with others that have your same similar beliefs, beliefs right? uh, similar beliefs. And I think that by us spending time with, with others uh, that are like-minded, um, I think we can encourage each other. We can... Um, uh, just empower each other to to move forward and, and continue to do God's work, uh, How? And, and and by by sharing uh, His His word with others, uh, irrelevant or of whether He's going to come uh, tomorrow in in a hundred years. Okay, go ahead. Well, I, not to interrupt. <laughs> You're <laughs> a <turn> now. Yeah. <laughs> I um I I I don't know. The, <clears throat> the age old saying, you can't rush love. And I, oh, I, I love that. Yeah, and I, I think with uh, if we're to understand that all Jesus wants is a relationship with his children, yeah. I think that we have to approach it like that, although it could be tomorrow, it, it could be years from now, yeah. whenever the That's time right. is, you can't rush a relationship. Yeah. And I, I think that if we approach it with fellowship, it's like yeah. what Josh is talking about, meeting together, yeah. um, we need to attack, and I, I don't use this, you know, defensively or, or what have you, but we need to attack wholeheartedly the notion that it's just about the end goal, because it's not. If, if we were to love Jesus and if we were to pursue that relationship with Jesus, that should be the end goal, a relationship, an understanding of love, an acceptance of love, and really an acceptance of a gift. And I, I think that if we were to do that, Again, time becomes irrelevant. It, yeah, we're, that's we're, right. We're promoting right. what Jesus wants us to promote, mm -hmm. and we're speaking about what Jesus wants us to speak while we're here. That's the idea. It comes back to John 14. It's like, not shot your heart, be troubled. If you know me, you know, if you know God, you know me. That's it right. comes down to don't be scared. Mm -hmm. Get into the relationship and get to know God. Because mm -hmm. if you know that, then there is no fear. It's just right. waiting to go home. 
And if, you, if you've ever been to, home, to a good family reunion, the idea, the excitement of meeting yeah. everybody again yeah. carries yeah. you through all the preparations because you don't even worry about it because it's getting together <laughs> and eating good food and yeah. sitting down and talking about the times yes. you had. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thank you all for this study. We'll see you hopefully next, uh, the next series. We'll never know, but hopefully you're there. <laughs> if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's sabbathschool, the letter U.org. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. And for Sabbath School U, I'm Falbo Fowler. <laughs>